Shall we just ask the Lord to open our hearts to his word today? Shall we have a word of prayer? Father, we just want to thank you for the four young ones that have been dedicated to the Lord. Lord, we can't wait to see what you're going to do in their lives in the future. How they're going to become men and women of God. They're going to serve you and they're going to be Sunday school teachers, perhaps preachers. They're going to be soloists and choir members. They're going to be active members of the church. Lord, we just look forward to what you're going to do in all of our lives, Lord. Please help us to be humble. Help us to serve you, Lord. We pray that today the Holy Spirit will open our hearts and our minds to your word and change our lives today. We pray that you'll hide me behind the cross, Lord, and that you will be glorified today. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know, I always ask the Lord what he wants me to speak on before I'm going to give a message. And the Lord sometimes waits till the last, last part of the, of the week before he gives the message. And it's really amazing because he'll, I, when I wake up in the morning, the word will be on my mind that he wants to give. And this time he did that to me on both Friday morning and Saturday morning. I said, okay, Lord, that's the message you want, you want to be given today. So may, Lord, may the Lord bless the word as it goes forth. You know, the Bible is a book like no other book in this world. The Bible is a book that can change our lives. You know, you can read many books, novels, you can read history books, you can read all kinds of books that can give you knowledge and that can, can entertain you and give you a very good time. But the Bible is more than that. It's God's Word. It can touch our lives down to the very inner fabric of our being. Our scripture memory class recently has been on the Word of God. And one of my favorite verses is Hebrews 4.12 where it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's conviction. That's down deep. That's the word of God. It can go down into our soul and it can change our lives. And I pray that it will change our lives today. You know, God is the only one through his word that can change a man or a woman from the inside out. Think how many people today are trying to change the outside in. You know, we have exercise classes. We have diets. We have beautiful wardrobes, makeovers, all these kinds of things designed to change the outer man. God wants to change the heart. He wants to change the heart. He wants to make you a new person in Christ. And only God's word can can break through the hardest heart like wax. And he can break it like a, we heard today, like a hammer that breaks through the rock. So may the Lord encourage us today to realize how wonderful his word is. I'm going to ask you a quiz today and I'd like maybe one of the children to answer this question. But children of all ages. But which book in the Bible is the long, has the longest chapter? And what is that longest chapter in the Bible? Well, Sylvie, we know you know the answer. Like Ron, I'm going to say next. <laughs> we want one of the kids to answer. The longest book in the Bible. The kids left. Okay, Sylvia, go ahead. Okay, and for extra credit, how many verses are in Psalm 119? Close, 176. But guess what? I promise I'm not going to preach on all 176 verses today. Maybe 160. No. Three. Just three. 
just three verses from this wonderful chapter. It's an amazing uh, chapter. Psalm 119, you can turn to it. It's, it's, it's in sections of eight verses each, and each one of the letters over that is a Hebrew letter of the alphabet. And so today's letter we're going to look at is Beth. Beth, it's, we're going to look at verses 9 through 11 of Psalm 119. These verses so blessed my heart this week. The Lord like brought it to my mind and He confirmed it. And it was such a joy to study the Word of God. Notice what it says. God's Word speaking to us. Psalm 119, verse 9. And He asked a question first. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your Word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, when I think about it, it's really a good message for after we heard about the kids and the dedication and how important it is to raise them up using the word of God. It's the only thing that is really going to touch lives. You know, there was a young Christian. He was preparing to go on a trip and he and his friend were talking and he said, I just about have everything packed. All I have to do is put in a guidebook a lamp, a mirror, a microscope, a telescope, a volume of fine poetry, a few biographies, a package of old letters, a book of songs, a sword, a hammer, and a set of books I've been studying. And the man says, how are you going to fit everything in that suitcase? He says, oh, no problem. Took out his Bible and put it in the suitcase. You know what? God's word is that... And it's a lot more than that. It's a book like no other book that you'll ever read because you can read that book from cover to cover and you'll never learn it all. Because God's Word is living and active. It's powerful. We can learn more from from the Word of God each and every time we study it. Well, today we're going to look at just three things from this passage. First of all, taking heed to the Word of God in verse 9. Secondly, not wandering from the Word of God in verse 10. And third, hiding the Word of God in our hearts. Well, let's look, first of all, at taking heed to the Word of God. We don't exactly know who wrote Psalm 119. It doesn't say there in the text. Normally, it'll say a Psalm of David, a Song of Asaph, Song of Solomon, whoever it might be. But I really believe that most likely David wrote this psalm. And it's all based on the Word of God. As I mentioned, 176 verses and all but, as I could count, five verses, all but five, speak of the Word of God in some way or another. It's amazing. The Word of God in Psalm 119 is called the law. It's called testimonies, precepts. It's called commandments, statutes, judgments, and word and words. It's amazing what God's Word is to us and how thankful we are that we have the Word of God. You can think of countries today that even right now in 2003, Christians are persecuted. They don't allow them to have the Word of God. They have to take pages of the Bible and hand it to one another to read because there's so much persecution like in, in China and other places of the world. And back a number of years ago in Russia and the Soviet Union when it was that, it was very difficult to be a Christian and to have a copy of the complete Word of God. 
And here we are in the United States in 2003. We not only have the complete Word of God, but we have every version you can imagine. New American Standard, NIV, New King James, King James, variations of all different things. But by whatever version you read, it's the Word of God. It's God speaking to us. God talking to us personally. And we can enjoy it and be blessed by it. We see that psalmist begins verse 9 with a question. How can a young man cleanse his way? Isn't that a good question? It goes right along with what we talked about the children, these young people as they grow up. How can a young man or a young lady cleanse their way? And the answer he gives is by taking heed to the Word of God. That's the only way. You know, people come up with all kinds of prescriptions and formulas and plans and things that can make us what we should be. But you know what? The God's Word has already given us the formula. He's already given us the secret. And it's really no secret. The only way to be successful, the only way to please God and to be cleansed and to live a clean life is by taking heed to the Word of God. It's the only way. The only way to do it. And think about our world today. How much moral filth is there in the world today? I was really shocked. I was watching, seeing the TV the other day and I heard this on the thing. The big question, Mark, for parents nowadays is how are we going to explain the Kobe Bryant situation to the children that ask? How far we've come from God. How far we've come from God that you can see. Because the kids know who he is. They love him as a basketball player. And now you have to explain to them what he did and all the graphic details that are being bombarded. It's a sad world we're living in. It's a defiling world we're living in. And only God's word can clean our lives and give us that purity and holiness that we strive for. It's the only way. And if they need it in this day, in David's day, to be cleansed by the Word, how much more do we need it today in our world of defilement? And whether you're a child or an older person, the Word of God is for all ages, for all levels of spiritual maturity, and it can be a blessing to all people. You know, when you think about a young person, a young man, I think about 1 John 2.14 where the Apostle John, in writing to all the different Christians, said this, He says, I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. And I thought, isn't that so true that in ourselves, we cannot do any of those things. We can't be strong. We can't overcome the devil. We cannot. But in God, we can. If we surrender ourselves to him, he will give us the strength to be overcomers, to be victorious through his word, not through our own strength. Not through our own efforts, but through His Word. It's the only way. And you know, we had a verse in Scripture memory a long time ago. It still sticks in our minds where the Lord Jesus really put out why we should be obedient to Him and to His Word. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Isn't that something? He looks us in the eye and He loves us so much. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. How could you say no to that? The Savior who loved you and died for you, how could you not say, yes, Lord, I want to obey you and I want to follow your commandments. I want my life to be clean and pure and separated from this world. You know, but everywhere we look, there is defilement around us today. You really can't escape it. You turn on the computer and the Internet, there's defilement. Okay, so you turn off the Internet. Then you pick up a magazine. The magazines are bad. There's bad advertisement and bad things in the magazine. You put down the magazine. Then you say, okay, well, I'm going to read the newspaper. So you open the newspaper and there's defilement in the newspaper. 
I love sports and people know that, Bill, and people that know me for many years. And I love to read the sports section. The other day, I'm reading through the sports section as I every do, day when I have my lunch, I read the sports. And there was a horrible ad for bad things. And I'm saying, I felt so bad I wanted to call them up and complain about it. Because really, I mean, here's a, in the sports section for kids and everybody to read a bad ad. I said, defilement. And then, so you put down the newspaper and you say, well, I'm going to turn on the radio. KCBS. There can't be anything bad on that. I love KCBS, but sometimes there is. And you hear about homosexual marriages, same-sex marriages, all these things going on. And I say, Lord, I'm defiled again because it's defiling out there in this world. So we turn off the radio, put on the TV set. We say we can certainly find maybe some good shows on TV, Discovery Channel or whatever you're you know, into. Uh, some good shows, there are. But then you find out the commercials are so defiling. So you say, I can't win. So I turn off the TV and I say, okay, when I'm going to go to a movie, a nice movie, and I read the reviews and I go to it and everything. And, and then, you know what? Some bad language comes up or a bad scene or you know what it's like. And even you say, this is supposed to be PG or G even. And we see sometimes some bad things in these movies. So we say, I'm not going to go to the movies. I'll rent a video. So we, so we, <laughs> we go to the video store, we say, or a DVD, you know. And we go, we say, now I finally found it because I've got it right there. Still, there's defilement wherever we look. There's temptations. And that's why the Bible says there is no temptation overtaking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful and will not allow you to be overtaken except by that. And he will provide a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You know, how can a young man take cleanse his way? The answer, by taking heed thereto according to his word. You know, we've been very blessed in our career group on Friday night to have Dan and Jamie with us. And I told Dan a week ago, I said, Dan, you're going to give the devotion this Friday. So we had the group all together and, you know, waiting to give the devotion. And you know what? He gave a wonderful devotion on separation from the world. And he brought it right down to his life and right down to our lives. And he shared from the word. And I thought, wow, here's a young man who's cleansing his way through life by the word of God. And I thought, thank you, Lord. These are good young people. They're growing up in the ways of the Lord. So the key to it is if you want to cleanse your way before this defiling world, cleanse it according to the word of God. Read the word in the morning before you go out into that dirty world. And then through the day, read his word and meditate upon it and pray. And then at night, thank him that he got you through the day and say, Lord, wash away from my mind and all my eyes and everything, all the defilement that came to me. Clean me up, Lord, and send me out for another day. Yes, he'll do that for us each and every day. Secondly, he says, not wandering from the word of God. You know, it's so easy for us to wander in our lives. And here the psalmist says, with my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. You know, God wants us to give him our whole heart. He says, with my whole heart. He doesn't want a piece of it, a part of it. He wants all of it. Can you imagine here, Sharon and uh, Byron are going to be getting married very soon here. And you can imagine, suppose Byron said to Sharon, Sharon, I give you a good piece of my heart. I mean, she's going to say, well, what about the other piece? What about the rest of it? No, she, she wants all his heart, right? Okay. Suppose Randy was to say to Natalie, he says, Natalie, I give you 99% of my heart. 
she'll say, well, what about that 1%? You see, if we're willing when we get married to give 100% of our heart to our, our spouse, our partner-to-be, what about to the Lord? Shouldn't we give Him all, every day, our whole heart? He's not looking for a divided heart. He's looking for a singular heart with one purpose to please Him. And that's really what the Lord is looking for. It's like it says in James chapter 1 and verse 8, He says, a divided heart. He says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He wants us to have a heart for Him. And then He says, with my whole heart, I have sought you. Now, I thought about that. When we come to study the Word of God, do we come searching? Do we come seeking? Or do we just come looking? You know, some days you go into the store, right? And you go up to the, and you're walking through the store. It could be an electronic store, a clothing store. It could be a sports store, whatever it is. And a sales clerk walks up to me and says, may I help you, sir? And I said, no, thank you. I'm just looking. Well, I thought about this. Sometimes when we read God's Word, we're just looking. It's sad. It convicted me. I say, Lord, sometimes I'll just pick up the Word and I'll read it and I'm just looking. Lord, help me not to be that way. Help me to be a searcher, a seeker, somebody that really wants to dig in and find the treasures that are in God's Word. You know, there are treasures in God's Word that you have to dig for. They're not on the surface. You have to dig for them. The most valuable gems, they find them underground. You've got to dig and you've got to dig and dig and find these precious gems, gold or precious rubies or sapphires or these kinds of things. They're not easy to find. But God's Word has many gems, many jewels, but we've got to search for them. We have to look for them. It requires Bible study. It requires meditation. It requires a heart that really pants after the Lord. May the Lord help us to be challenged by it today. He says, Oh, let me not wander from your commandment. You know what's easy to wander, isn't it? When I think about wandering, I think about a shepherd and the sheep. And the shepherd is there and he's caring for the sheep. And all of a sudden, I'm one little sheep and I'm just kind of wandering. The little sheep wanders and it wanders and it wanders. And pretty soon, it's wandered little by little. And then it's way far from the shepherd, way far, way out in the wilderness. And it's all by itself and it's alone. It looks up and it's, where am I? And pretty soon, there's wolves out there. There's bears out there. There can be lions out there to get that sheep. And God's word tells us we're sheep. He's the shepherd. We should never wander from him and his word. And so many times we have to confess, Lord, sometimes I wander. I wander a little bit. Don't let me wander from you. Don't let me wander from your commandments in my life. The hymn writer says, Oh, to grace, how great a debtor. Daily I am constrained to be. Let that grace, Lord, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Yet, Thou, Lord, hast deigned to seal it with thy spirit from above. I say, Lord, don't let me wander. You know, when I think about a wanderer, I think about King David. One day he was supposed to be out fighting with the troops, with his men, and he stayed home that day. He shouldn't have. And there he was on the rooftop, wandering. He had a wandering heart. He had wandering eyes. And who he saw was Bathsheba. We know the story of what happened with adultery and murder. Happened in those days in the Bible. It's happening today. But if we don't want to wander from God, we have to keep our eyes clean, we have to keep our heart clean, and we have to keep our hands clean. And to do that, we have to take heed to the Word of God and say, Lord, don't let me wander. 
Don't let me have wandering eyes and wandering heart to go after the things of this world because this world will drag us down into the mud. It really will. Very, very quickly. But I like what the psalmist says in verse 11. He says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, when you come to church on Sunday or you go on a vacation, when you're going to leave, what do you do with all your valuable things? Do you leave them out in plain sight or do you hide them? Do you put them away? If you've got money or jewelry and these things, are you going to just leave them out? And so when the thief comes in, he's, oh, here is this. Good, we got this and this. No, you hide those things because they're valuable. And what's valuable to the Christian is the Word of God. It's the most important thing we have. Should we not hide it? Should we not treasure it in our heart every day? Yes, we should. And that's what the, the Apostle Paul advised Timothy of. He said this. He said to Timothy, meditate upon these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. You know, back in 1994, Ron started the Scripture Memory Class. And some of us have been around since the inception of the Scripture Memory Class. And we have been blessed week after week after week, year after year of learning these Scriptures. And it's been tremendous. And, and you can still remember verses that we learned way back in, in those days. And, and that's exactly what happens. We memorize the Word. We let it sink deep in our hearts. And it's there for us when we need it. We've treasured it in our hearts. And, you know, I remember one day years ago, Ron gave out T-shirts and he gave out T-shirts to us. And this verse, Psalm 119, verse 11, was on the T-shirt. Do you remember that, brother? The green shirt kind of with the writing in them. And in every verse of Scripture that we memorize, every sheet we use, it started with it this way. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know, it's such a great verse for all of us to remember to treasure God's Word in our heart. And it's such a wonderful thing. And the main focus that the psalmist had, the main reason why he wanted to treasure the Word in his heart and hide it in his heart is this, that I might not sin against you. That is a motive that we should always have. Lord, I don't want to sin against you. I don't want to displease you. I don't want to bring shame to your name. And the only way we can do that is by taking heed to the Word of God and letting His Word come down into our hearts. Yes, his word is so special. I know Mike likes this quote and it's an old timer, but it is so true. Sin will keep you from the Bible and the Bible will keep you from sin. It was true when it was said the first time and it's true today. Yes, the Bible will keep us from sin. And when you get saved, it's not that you become sinless, but it's that you sin less. That's what I like. We're not going to ever be sinless until we get to heaven, but we're forgiven of our sins and we end up sinning less because we want to please our Lord. We want to follow in His Word. David in Psalm 54, when he confessed his sin to the Lord, he said this, Against you, Lord, and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Yes, sin is directed mainly toward the Lord. I mean, we can sin against each other, yes, but... The main thing is sin is against our Lord. And we don't want to sin against Him, the one who loved us, the one who was nailed to the cross for our sins. Do we want to sin against Him? No, we want to please Him and follow in His Word. Someone once said, sin causes the Christian's cup of joy to spring a leak. I like that. Sin causes the Christian's cup of joy to spring a leak. You know, when you have the joy of the Lord and you're walking with Him and you're close with the Lord, you've got that joy. But when sin comes in 
and you don't confess it, it's like springing a leap and that fellowship with the Lord is broken for that time until we confess it and get right with the Lord. May the Lord help us not to sin against Him, but to follow in His Word. Another person says, you hate sin just insofar as you love Christ. You hate sin in so much as you love Christ. So that as we love Christ, we should hate sin that same level. And it's true. As we love Him more, we're going to want to sin less. We're going to want to follow Him more and more. So today we've seen several things about the Bible that it is a life-changing book. It can change us from the inside out. It can speak to our hearts and it can challenge our lives and make us grow in Him. And may the Lord help us not to wander from His commandments but may we follow Him and may we treasure His Word. May we hide His Word in our hearts so that when we go out that door today, we'll have the Word of God abiding in us and we will be able to face whatever the world has for us. i just like to close with this. You know how on products sometimes they have warnings? You know, warning. You have to read the warning on it, right? Whether it's medications or whatever it is. Somebody came up with a good warning for the Bible. Listen to this. Warning. This book is habit-forming. Regular use causes loss of anxiety, decreased appetite for lying, cheating, stealing, hating. Symptoms, increased sensations of love, peace, joy, and compassion. Now, that's one book that is really great, the Bible. And I can truly say you can read the Bible at your sin's own risk. Because that's what is going to happen. The Bible is going to conquer your sin. It's at your sin's own risk. And may God help us to read His Word daily and to enjoy it and dig into it and find the rich treasures. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. It's exhaustless. It's eternal. It's excellent, Lord. And we love Your Word. Please help us to read Your Word every day and meditate upon it and study it. Help us, Lord, not to just be lookers saying, well, I'm just looking. I'm just reading. Lord, help us to be serious students of the Word of God and let it change our lives, Lord. Help us not to read just for knowledge or understanding or wisdom, but Lord, help us to read with the purpose of putting Your Word into practice in our lives, Lord, that we can be doers of the Word and not just hearers of it. Please bless this afternoon's New Believers class and everything that we do today and through this week, Lord. We want to thank You for being such a wonderful Savior in Your precious name. Amen.